What's up, fam? Welcome to another episode of The Entourage Effect, the world's most 2018 podcast in cannabis. As usual, we're your hosts. I'm Green Wizard. And I'm Tony Turpin. And today, we are here to wrap up 2018, because this year we taught you guys a lot about our favorite plant. And uh, in our 40-something episodes... Maybe we're almost going to hit 50 soon. That we've published in 2018, we did a lot of research. And we covered a lot of mysteries that surround cannabis. But we've also come across even bigger, better questions. And I think that 2019, is we're going to answer a lot of them. But today, we're wrapping up 2018 by talking about the most important things that we learned this year while making the podcast. And we're going to go over some of the things that... Uh, Maybe we didn't have time to talk about before 2018 ends that I think we should talk about before 2019. Happy New Year, by the way. Long story short, yeah, Happy New Year. This is going to be one big TLDR of the Entourage Effect so far. We're super excited for 2019. We have a lot of cool things planned. Uh, You saw us, I mean, start this podcast, first of all, so... Good year for the Entourage Effect. Mm -hmm. Um, 2019, you know, it's got to be bigger and better. You've seen us add some guests to the podcast. That's something we'd like to continue doing in our learning process and just, you know, getting that sense of the cannabis community, which is, I think, one of the best communities. Um, So if you're just... Yeah. So if this is your first episode joining us and you wanted to catch up on everything, this is a great time to stay tuned. And if you know someone who maybe hasn't heard of the podcast or hasn't listened to The Entourage Effect in 2018, maybe send them the, this episode. That way they could uh, get an understanding of how epic that how, of how epic The Entourage Effect really is. So, let's get into it, shall we? But before we do, today we are smoking some Northern Lights mm. by Serene? Serene. Serene is a very new cannabis company here in Las Vegas. Uh, not Las Vegas, here in and Nevada. Very smart move coming out with Northern Lights. It's been so long since I've smoked it, so long since I've seen it. So I am thrilled to be able to have some Northern Lights flower back in my life, looking beautiful as ever. All right, so <laughs> let's go over the. I think we're gonna. I think this is gonna be the eleven things we learned. No, but don't we'll co- see. No, we'll see. No, so. <laughs> Number one, we learned that YouTube is the Iron Curtain of cannabis, pretty the, much. Yes, so in the information age that we live in, uh, YouTube is one platform that a lot of people learn a lot of things from. <laughs> you can learn anything from programming, from how to repair a bicycle, you could watch kids but yodeling. you can't learn about cannabis. No. You can't talk about cannabis on you YouTube. You can't educate people it about cannabis. It was crazy, crazy censored. YouTube kind of just went on in a, like, cannabis ban, cannabis strike in 2018, and that was a big hurdle that our industry faced, and I kind of just want to say major props to those who were affected by it because a lot of them were very mature about it it's a huge loss uh, some people may not see it that way but that's hours and hours and hours of work that you may not have backed up all gone all of the following gone it's very difficult to get that back up even when you know you're someone who's huge who's famous across multiple platforms so i think they really took it in stride i think they learned a lot from it and so did we well 
I think the only problem is YouTube hasn't learned anything from it because <laughs> Which the Which is a huge shame. We have a lot of great channels like Greenflower Media who are strictly teaching people about the plants medical aspect. They don't teach you I mean, I suppose there might have been a rolling a joint tutorial here or there, but uh, for the most part, Greenflower Media has really boring really content and it's really <laughs> clean and it's not the kind of content that you want to I mean, it's fun to watch when you're stoned, but it's not it's fun it's, when you're interested in those topics, yeah. but most people who want to look up like weed YouTubers are not looking for that type of content. All the weed YouTubers have moved on to WeedTube, and YouTube has still not reinstated a lot of those weed tubers. But we do YouTubers. have an entire episode on it that we urge you to listen to if you haven't already. I think that's honestly one of my favorite episodes. I think it was episode three or four. I'll pull up the list uh, <laughs> a little later. But the second thing that we learned in 2018 is that nutritionals are the future of edibles. And we're going to get into this much, much more in 2019. We are not done with this subject because I feel like every day we're learning more groundbreaking information on why nutritionals are the way to go. And why THC is such a nutritional product and has a lot of nutritional benefits. And I think that um, that... Once that information becomes more more clear and more uh, commonly known, people are going to start demanding nutritionals. In case you don't know, the concept of a nutritional is just the same as an edible, but instead of just something to eat that gets you high, it's something nutritional that may get you high, <laughs> but the most important thing is that this food has You'll still th- consider it cannabis medicine. Yes, because we are sick and, because chocolate bars are not medicine, which is the title of the episode <laughs> that we are referring to right now, um, which is episode, man. 12. 12. And by the way, the one about YouTube being the Iron Curtain of the cannabis movement, episode 4. So moving on, we also learned about Kratom. You guys asked, we delivered, and we're so glad you asked because we learned We learned so much and personally, uh, we don't think Kratom is for us. <laughs> we basically learned that Kratom is an opioid. Now, here's the thing. People do not officially call it an opioid because it's not, for some reason, it does not fall in the same category as opioids, even though it totally activates your opioid receptors and plays on your opioid receptors, but is for some reason not considered an opioid. Maybe it has, I don't know who has the authority to call what a drug, who, who has authority to call what an opioid, but whoever does have that authority is getting it all wrong. So Kratom, um, yeah, Kratom is just something that's not for us. It, it, and I don't think, I'm maybe someone in our audience can benefit from it. I just can't imagine anyone <laughs> in the world benefiting from That's it. That's to your discretion, but really, you know, do es- your research Especially first. because cannabis versus Kratom, cannabis always wins, <laughs> I think. But that's more on that in episode 15. Yeah, so go check out episode 15 to learn more about Kratom. Moving on, we learn that indica and sativa, when you go into a dispensary, don't mean shit. So, Lamont- It's like, guys, that's the way we used to buy weed in high school. Like, come on, we're past that. It's 2019 now. It's 2019. I mean, we were saying that in 20... We were saying it's 2018. Now it's 2019. There is negative 100 excuse to still be using those terms. I mean, I know that they're comfortable. They're familiar. I still, you know, use them for facilitation's sake. But let's all understand that, 
You know, there are botanical indica plants that will give you sativa effects. And if we continue using that term in a, a society who wants to use this as medicine, it could be misleading, mm-hmm. if not fully actually harmful. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. Some people, you know, all weed hits them pretty well. But there's some people, limonene just gives them a really unpleasant time. You know, I need my limonene. Some people need to stay the hell away from it. Same with pinene, same with uh, terpenoline, a lot of those sativa ones. But, you know, indica, indica terpenes too. Some people really can't handle high amounts of uh, myrcene that'll knock them out. I think the worst part about about the indica sativa dilemma is that because there is so much misinformation about indica sativa, it makes it difficult for the general population. And the, because I'm... As a bud tender, I have learned this year the general population has not learned the difference between indica and sativa. And, I mean, so for example, I have people all the time coming in and they I ask them, what do you need today? Oh, and they'll yeah. tell me, I need an indica. And then I'll say, great, do you need an indica that makes you feel energized or an indica that... And then, or some, I might not even say that. They'll just say, my customer will just say, indica, I need something with energy. And in a way, they're not wrong, but in a way, they're also really wrong. Because all these terms, they don't mean anything. When someone says that, that doesn't make any sense to me. And actually, that kind of brings up a point, something that we did not... I mean, it's definitely something we learned this year, but Mm -hmm. it's not something we covered in any podcasts. And um, so, yeah, I'd kind of like to share uh, my main learning experience and struggle of the cannabis industry in 2018. So 2018, we saw a lot of legalization happen, which is fantastic, but it, of course, as you guys have seen, comes with some struggles, some uh, hurdles to jump over, and one of those is taking the general public from a black market to a gray market to a medical market to a recreational market, and that is a lot of big jumps in a short amount of time. A lot of people don't like change, even if they think they do. So as many people who wanted cannabis and voted for it, they're now the ones complaining about it. Because let's be real, you're used to the black market. You're used to black market prices. You're used to black market kind of terminology. You're used to a lot of things like that. You're not used to paying for your bud tenders even in a medical market. You weren't really paying for them to get well paid above the minimum wage. They were probably getting paid under the table for the most part. Or... um, You know, for example, you're used to, uh, you know, cheap edible prices, cheaper flour. Now, the price, yes, it reflects the building. It reflects paying bud tenders well. It reflects lab testing that guarantees that you're not getting weed full of pesticides, glass, salt, heavy metals, uh, molds, all of the nasty things that are added to cannabis or end up in cannabis that are not good for you. So it does kind of suck because not everyone realized that everyone was used to something so are we and now we are in a shifting time there's been a lot of struggles with that including you know terminology like indica and sativa Mm -hmm. which with lack of information got solidified and then as we were allowed to do more research on cannabis as more research came forth some terminology changed some information changed a lot of it was outdated and um so we're still learning a lot Mm-hmm. So well, let's continue. Something else I learned this year is that spice rips apart your CB Gosh. receptors. Your, it rips open your endocannabinoid so system. So avoid the K2, avoid the spice. It's not cannabis. 
uh, long that's story, not fun. Long story short, spice will, you know, the, that fake weed will acts a lot like endocannabinoids, except they're a lot bigger and they just force themselves into your receptors, making your receptors super huge and then they don't, they have a hard time reverting back to normal size, so now you need to smoke like a lot more <laughs> weed to get the same effect. Episode 21 covers that. Yeah, so mm. don't do spice, y'all. Um, something that Monica really lo loves teaching about. CBD is psychoactive, guys. That's something if I learned this year. If it weren't psychoactive, it wouldn't be America's sweetheart. Let's be real. It stops anxiety. So what do you mean? That changes oh, okay. how your brain's functioning, how you're perceiving reality. You just answered my question. It's a stress reliever. It's an energizer. It is an anti... It can be considered an antidepressant. It makes... It's doing so much oh. that is helping you just in your brain, just in your perception of reality. That's what psychoactivity is. Yes, it's not intoxicating. I mean, I could argue that THC isn't intoxicating per se either because... It's not a toxin. You're not poisoning yourself. You may get, you know, an unpleasant reaction from getting too high, but you're still not poisoning yourself. It's very difficult to. But, you know, you won't get high from CBD, but it is psychoactive. CBD, I recent, recently Episode learned. 24. <laughs> actually learned, I learned yesterday that CBD makes, when CBD is present in the body, it makes dopamine that uh, naturally live the chemical dopamine live longer in your body. Ooh. So it is psychoactive. It, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thank you for teaching me that, Monica, this year. That's really important. Something else that we also learned this year was mastering the art of butt-tending senior citizens. Why do you want to master the art of butt-tending senior citizens? Because senior citizens are the biggest spenders in the cannabis sector, guys. They and the most rapidly growing demographic of cannabis purchasers. And the best tippers. <laughs> uh, seniors it's so true. Seniors <laughs> understand that, we're, that a lot of butt-tenders are young, and especially because, I don't know, like, you can... There is not enough seniors working in the butt tending industry. Mm -hmm. I never, I don't get to see enough uh, senior on senior That's interaction in the butt tending point. Uh, so... industry. So it's kind of weird because butt tending as an industry is in a weird position because we are trying to sell weed as a medical <laughs> product to people who are much older than us who have been demonized about weed yeah, for... exactly. You know, like, this gener... Yeah, so... So it's important us as young bud tenders... I am sorry, I totally mm -hmm. dropped the microphone. But it's our responsibility as young bud tenders to know how to uh, navigate the demographic, make them feel comfortable. And here's the thing, I personally think it's the most rewarding demographic to serve. Yes. Just because getting old sucks. It's uncomfortable, it's painful, um, society constantly reminds them that it's a bad thing, which I think is horrible. Um, I mean, I feel like some of them are even embarrassed about being old, you know? And oh, yeah. It's so sad. But when you have people come in with ailments and aches and pains everywhere and are kind of miserable, and you it's really cool to be able to help them get out of that pain, that dis-ease, that misery. Mm -hmm. They'll be so grateful, and they'll become your best friends, honestly. You know, if you get a senior citizen who comes in grou grouchy the first two times, I promise you, if you're doing your job, they won't be grouchy with you anymore. You'll 
your face will light up their day because they associate you with, you know, healing and happiness and, you know, essentially kind of getting some of their life back. Monica, did you know that you can sue corporations for terpenes? <laughs> LaCroix did. We learned that, LaCroix learned that this year, and we did too in episode... Hmm. 30... 38. Look at us going up this list. That was one of my favorites as well, just because it was so hilarious. LaCroix is such a niche drink. 2018 was uh, a lot about LaCroix. So yeah, LaCroix is a company that... Company that makes essenced water, and they use limonene and linalool as one of their ingredients, which also happens to be an ingredient in Raid, probably to make it smell better. Right. But also because limonene does have some anti-parasitic value, or not parasitic, uh, anti bacterial. Not even bacterial, but bugs. Like limonene oh, makes yeah. li- bugs do not like limonene, uh, and so therefore it is. A great ingredient to use in raid in huge ingredient or in huge quantities. Well, the thing is about cannabis is cannabis. One reason cannabis can or does produce a lot of limonene is to make bugs not attracted it to it. It creates its own natural safe pesticide. Isn't exactly. That lovely? Exactly. So Lacroix was not using cannabis-derived terpenes. That would be <laughs> a little iffy. In this industry. Ooh, but that's but, a good idea. That would be interesting. But they were using botanical terpenes, which are safe in this case. Botanical terpenes are often food grade. Whether they're smoke grade is debatable. We'll see. But um, it was all safe. It was all nice. But, you know, someone salty decided to go after them and claim that they were using ingredients in Raid and all that stuff. And, yeah. Anyway, uh, that was a really fun episode. And then we learned um, that bananas are excellent tour guides. Yes. In episode 40, uh, we got a tour of Cannabition, the world's first cannabis museum. And it was a rather interesting experience. We went on Halloween, so our tour guide was dressed as a banana. <laughs> and uh, We went with some really good friends. It was very educational and informative and really cool because a bunch of local Vegas brands paid for different art, sculptures, things like that, little uh, cool exhibits, if you will, that kind of get you to know the Vegas cannabis culture. It's also located in the heart of downtown Las Vegas, which is a really, really cool location. It's just really inserting itself. It's really fun to go because, to me, for me, it feels like being a part of history. You know, this is... Absolutely. Now... And more importantly, it's really officiating the fact that cannabis is becoming a part of Las Vegas cannabis culture... Or Las Vegas culture in general. Now, I think I... I can't lie. I was... I'm not... I mean, you can, but you won't. I can't. I won't. (laughs) Okay, you're right. I won't lie. I was bummed that... That they went for the more artistic approach for museum rather than the scientific approach. But I'll be honest, but I was I, there at the grand opening mm-hmm. and there was even less education. So I think they are working to in- implement more and more as they go, which well, I that's give them the thing. props for. Well, I oh, notice I didn't say they were. I didn't mention anything about education because they were right. still very educational. Right. It just. What, what I was expecting was mm-hmm. something. You know that museum in Los Angeles. The science center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was expecting, like a science Something center more for cannabis, like interactive. especially because all of these cannabis brands in Las Vegas were putting on the exhibitions and the art pieces. Right. 
However, I think that doing it this way is actually a lot... It's cooler because it uh, it's more friendly to the public. Sure. When the public sees how a plant grows in a exaggerated setting, it's a lot easier to comprehend. That's a good point. Especially where I, even now I work in the industry and I things get explained to me scientifically and I still am very, very, very Visuals confused. Visuals sometimes help. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Something else that we learned this year is that LAX is trying to get you in federal trouble. Oh my god. They're trying to break get you to break federal law by letting you travel with your weed. Okay, here's the thing. That's exaggerated. But we saw in 2018 LAX basically say, "Hey, we as an airport are cool with cannabis." Now, the kind of catch to that is that while they won't stop you, they're going to not really use that manpower, use that money anymore. They've figured it's a waste. You still can't travel across state lines with cannabis, even not in an airplane. You can't travel out of the country with it, even in the airplane. So, LAX may be cannabis friendly. That's not to say that the airport at your destination or that you leave from, if your arrival's LAX, uh, will be cannabis friendly too. But I think the most important, yes, that's the most important thing we learned from episode 26 also is that, so besides it being illegal for you to land in whatever state you with a bunch of weed, uh, LAX may or may not tell the police department uh, in Los Angeles about your cannabis or the police department where you're going to land. If I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. It's been a long, it's been a long time since we I've listened to episode 26, but I do remember that that they do. Especially because I looked into it recently and talked about it at work the other day. They they have the authority to call like right. the other authorities that will be dealing with you later and to that let makes sense. to give them the heads up. But that's all they'll really really do, I guess. Got it. Uh, I think that the last one of the last things that I learned this year was during our last episode. Uh, episode 44. With a, David Rabinowitz. A glimpse into his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the, I learned that we are testing cannabis edibles incorrectly. Now, he, what I really mean is that... Well, okay, here's what we do. When, when a company makes an edible, let's say gummies, they create a gummy that does not have THC in it. And when they get it lab tested... They get the they get it lab tested for the nutritional results for the nutri- nutritional value so they can put it on the back on the box and you can look at it and see how many calories it has what its vitamin content is like etc. Um, our last guest told me taught us that THC has nutritional value that may actually affect the nutritional value test results. And that is some, and because of that, I personally believe that we are not. That to me is the enough reason to claim that all labs are incorrectly lab testing edibles, or at least we as a industry are incorrectly lab testing edibles. And some laws need to change because it's not fair that we don't lab test uh, cannabis as nutrition especially because we need to move away from edibles and move into nutritionals. And uh, this is something that I think will 
at least David thinks that it will happen in the future. It's a future trend that will happen, that will people will start becoming aware of it, and it starts with us talking about it now. Mm-hmm. So. 2018 covered a lot, a lot more than we can cover in a single podcast, of course. But, but I think those are some of the highlights. Oh, those, yep, that was kind of we, a little highlight reel. We also we learned what Monsanto was doing in the cannabis oh, industry. Oh gosh, or as they now would like to be called, Bayer. Yeah, they're basically lab. They're using technology to genetically track. They're using DNA to track your cannabis products from seed to sale actually not from seed to they they claim claim seed to sale you're right but it's really from cure to sale from cure to when it's in your body which is even more concerning actually yes so um hopefully we uh that's an episode we learn more about that that this year we are working on right now so happy 2019. I hope you're ready. I hope we are. I, Whew. we gotta be. I, yeah. We don't have a choice, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. Uh, thank you for sitting in with us on the first episode of 2019. We cannot wait for this year to get the ball rolling. We'll see you in more episodes. And until then, stay elevated. Bye, tribe.